October 25th. And now as we turn our attention to the New Testament, our reading today will be in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. Christ is coming. In view of this, we must know our task and be faithful to do it. Apostasy is also coming. Indeed, it's here now. Many professed Christians have no ear for the Word of God. They prefer religious entertainment and sermons that will tickle their ears instead of cut their hearts. Departure is also coming. Paul, the apostle, saw his approaching death as the offering of a sacrifice to God, the ending of a difficult race, and the gaining of a glorious crown. This is the victor's crown given to winners at the Greek Olympic Games. And help is coming. The Apostle Paul was greatly disappointed when the people he administered to turned away from him and were ashamed of his bonds. He asked Timothy to come as soon as possible and to bring Mark with him. But best of all, the Lord came to Paul and encouraged him. No matter what his people may do, Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. And now let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. October 25th, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 22. And so I, Paul, solemnly urge you, Timothy, before God and before Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to right teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever they want to hear. They will reject the truth and follow strange myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at bringing others to Christ. Complete the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that great day of His return. And the prize is not just for me but for all who eagerly look forward to His glorious return. Please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, or he will be helpful to me. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. Also bring my books, and especially my papers. Alexander the coppersmith has done me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one was with me. Everyone had abandoned me. I hope it will not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength, that I might preach the good news in all its fullness for all the Gentiles to hear. And he saved me from certain death. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack, 
and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, and those living at the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed at Corinth, and I left Trophimus sick at Miletus. Hurry so you can get here before winter. Eubulus sends you greetings, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. May the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Psalm 95, verse 1, we'll go through chapter 96, verse 13. God is great. Now this is a call to jubilant worship, not just participation in services as usual. He invites us to shout joyfully and to kneel before the Lord. Why? Well, because God is great. He is a great creator and a great king, and we are privileged to be his people. God is also grieved. The opposite of a worshiping heart that pleases the Lord is a hard heart that grieves the Lord. Imagine seeing God's wonders and not submitting gladly to Him. The unbelieving Jews paid a high price for their sin. They died in the wilderness and never entered the promised land. Do you want to enjoy your life of faith? Then take time to see the greatness of God and to praise Him. Do you want to inherit all that God has planned for you in this life? Then give yourself to worship and praise. A hard heart leads to a hard life. So keep your heart tender before God. And in Psalm 96, we'll see an invitation. In this invitation to worship the Lord, we're given three admonitions. Sing to the Lord. Sing a new song because you've had a new experience with Him. Sing a worship hymn because God is glorious and great. Sing a gospel song, because the nations need to hear the good news of salvation. Sing a song of victory and reveal the strength of the Lord. Sing a song of devotion and reveal the beauty of the Lord. Give to the Lord. Give Him glory with your lips and heart, and give Him offerings with your hands. God does not need your gifts. But you need to bring your gifts to God. He deserves the best. And finally, look for the Lord. All nature, all nature is eagerly anticipating the Lord's return. For then creation will be set free. The oppressed people will be vindicated. And sinners will be judged when Jesus Christ comes to reign. God's people shall reign with Christ and then worship Him perfectly. Hallelujah. Psalm 95, verse 1. Through chapter 96, verse 13. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us give a joyous shout to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing Him psalms of praise. For the Lord is a great God, the great King above all gods. He owns the depths of the earth, and even the mightiest mountains are His. The sea belongs to Him, for He made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people He watches over, the sheep under His care. Oh, that you would listen to His voice today. The Lord says, Don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Maza in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tried my patience. They courted my wrath though they had seen my many miracles. 
For forty years I was angry with them, and I said, They are a people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger I made a vow. They will never enter my place of rest. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be revered above all gods. The gods of other nations are merely idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come to worship Him. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. Tell all the nations that the Lord is King. The world is firmly established and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst forth with joy. Let the trees of the forest rustle with praise before the Lord. For the Lord is coming. He is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and all the nations with His truth. Proverbs 26, verses 9-12 through 12. A proverb in a fool's mouth is as dangerous as a thorn bush brandished by a drunkard. An employer who hires a fool or a bystander is like an archer who shoots recklessly. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. There is more hope for fools than for people who think they're wise. When I was little, I used to sit by the window and watch the world go by. And my, oh my, did the world go by because time flew, yes, time flies, and it carries us all to the day we're six feet deep with services by graveside, and all we ever really want is for it to be a great ride. So I used to sit in the back seat on the driver's side, passing time, and I'd watch every single car that passed us by, or at least I'd try. And at 10 years old, all I could think was, I wonder where they're going to go on the day they die. Still to this day, I look out my window. And sometimes I roll it down and I let the wind blow. And I close my eyes and I listen to the sound of travelers traveling by with the sun on my face as it illuminates the sky. And I can still hear the sweet voice of my mom from those long Sunday drives. And she'd say, son, you can be anything that you want to be. And if it were up to me, I'd make you believe that God's plans for you aren't make-believe. They're reality. And mom, I've been out here living those dreams and I hope you're proud of me because you taught me what it's like to live life powerfully. You showed me what it's like to silence the voices of those who say life is only a pursuit of a salary. What a travesty. To live for money, it's a tragedy. So mom, to be rich with no faith, forget it. Because of you, broke is what I'd rather be. Because if money talks, I don't want it to talk to me. Because I'd rather be a poor man stuck in poverty than to be a slave to paper, refusing to trust in God's sovereignty. At 10 years old, I was inspired. 
I was inspired. I was inspired to live a life that inspires others to take off the flat tires and travel freely down the highway. Like I don't care what Satan tells me, not one single thing is gonna stand in my way because I'd rather be out here being made fun of for Jesus than to be forgotten in my driveway. And let's be real, man, so many of us do. And we waste opportunities to get out there and spread truth. And we wake up at 85 and say, what happened to my youth? I never put it to use. Christians are afraid of letting their voice be heard. Even more afraid of letting God's voice be heard through them. Now realizing that their life is on display and it's a show for all to see like Truman. And the dead men around them by the power of their testimony could become new men. We make excuses as to why we don't live sold out like, yo man, I'm just human. Yes, you are, but God isn't. And when he hung on that cross and said it is finished, he gave you a blank page of pen and said, here, write the first and last sentence. It's a war. Are you going to sit on the sidelines or get up and get in this? Because it's a fight, man. Every day it's a battle for what's right. It's a fight for your life. And so often the wrong feels so right. But I read the last page of the Bible. Believe me, it's going to be all right. But until he comes like a thief in the night, I'm going to live this life like every day is a gift from God because every day is a gift from God. And God didn't give us this gift so that we would wallow and be set adrift into a sea of selflessness. Like, what can I achieve and how much can I get? So we buy into this American dream, but really, it's just an American scheme. A suicidal society where we scorn the Tim Tebow's but celebrate the Charlie Sheen's. And we wonder why we're losing the teams. And we wonder what it all means. It means that sin is on the rise. We bought into its lies. Thank God Jesus is still in the business of saving lives. And he can save yours just like he saved mine. And because he did, I don't have to focus on who I was or what I did because Jesus forgave. Yes, Jesus forgives. Not that we would drive through this life looking in the rear view at the old you because Jesus doesn't say, I told you. He only says, I love you. Three nails and two wooden beams. Believe me, man, he loves you, and his promises are true, and the Bible is truth, and liberal professors who bash it are fools, but God still loves fools, and I'm really no better than them. I'm just a messed up dude who struggles with sin. But I'm not about to deny my creator to get an A on a paper, because one day my name will be written on a different piece of paper, whether it's soon or whether it's later, and someone in a suit and tie will stand on a stage as my loved ones cry, and will say the year I was born and the year that I died. And when they call my name, I'll be far above the fray in a place far away, all because I chose Jesus over this. Because I didn't want to sell away my Savior like Judas with a wink and a kiss. You can't pump the brakes on life's highway. You can't go back and you can't go sideways. And if I had it my way, I'd go back to the 10-year-old me and I'd say, Clayton, don't waste one opportunity to pray. Be different from this world and stand out in every way because we're all just traveling to our grave. And when you stand before Jesus, what will you say?